episode three of Under the Water Tower of our season three. No, this is episode oh, three. Sorry. Misty's already correcting I'm me. Correcting. I'm, I'm like three seconds in this and she's like already correct. This is like session four in our, in our season three. Okay, sorry. No, it's not. It's episode, this is our third one. I know, but today's session is session four no. and season three. No, today is episode we did three. For, forgiveness, sin. Which one did you do that we weren't at? Oh, well. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Don't, let me look back at we, my notes. We forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you for your... Oh. You're I, right. I, I, I Sin for, number two. Uh, okay. I want that on a t-shirt. Jamie's right. That's never going to happen. Today we're talking about how to get along with one another. <laughs> <laughs> how to connect. Oh, we're glad that you've joined us on our podcast for episode three. Season three of Under the Water Tower. Uh, I'm here recording in the conference room of Glorious Fellowship Baptist Church, the best church in the whole wide world. Oh, hold on. Oh, man. Did you not get any of that? I didn't get any of mine. Oh. So you're on. I'm on now. <laughs> Test. <laughs> so so Daryl's on. Uh, those of you who are listening might have heard some dead mic before. We had to. Shut the whole thing down. Come out of hyperdrive because Fishbeck can't work as equipment. The tech engineer was failing at his job. So we're episode three, <laughs> season three of Under the Water Tower. And Misty's we're confused. Recording and here. You're never getting those two minutes of your life back. Uh, <laughs> recording uh, here in the glorious uh, conference room of Fellowship Baptist Church. I'm Jamie Greening, and who else is here with me? I'm Joni Wallach. Misty Graham. Daryl Fishbeck. And we are also known as the Staff uh, Fellowship. We have been um, working through our our decision this season was to do uh, more relational human uh, uh, topics. And the first season is all about Colossians. That seems like a hundred years ago. That was so good. Uh, Doesn't it seem like a hundred years ago? But wasn't, didn't we start that in the first months of the pandemic we were doing it before so. no we didn't we weren't doing it before the pandemic started we it? weren't podcasting before the pandemic pa- and pa- pandemic during that was, it that was you pandemic. me and it was Barbara, during. wasn't it it started as no, no, no it started as sunday we were posting it for part of our sunday wor- yeah worship fishbeck's confusing the things we were doing a podcast style yeah but we started with daniel because that was going to be the sermons for that. And we just That's shut down. Right. Yeah. And, and out of that, we decided. And to, from that, we yeah. said, you know what? We can do this. Yeah. We, we have the technology. We can rebuild like him. 10 years ago. <laughs> and, and so we became 40, the Bionic Podcast. And now here we are, 40 in years in the wilderness. Literally. Uh, so that we, we came back with season one, which was Colossians, which was us talking about that wonderful exposition uh, of Colossians. And then season two was um moses Mm -hmm. what i called weird moses stories or strange everything from (laughs) his birth to flung foreskin to uh, all sorts of fun stuff with just strange stories of moses miriam so but uh, both of those seasons are were textually driven from the bible right which we love the bible we absolutely do but this season we're more working through i guess um uh the human topical aspect of it because our feeling is 
uh, where we're at in our culture right now, we need some human connection. We were just having mm-hmm. the the pre-show talk connection skills uh, about uh, all the difficulties we're having in our world right now uh, with just people being nice to each other. There's a local issue here in our community that seems to have divided things right down the middle, and people are nasty, and that's none of that's good. So almost on cue, um, our topic is what Misty has picked. What Yay! Tell, tell us what's on cue today, Misty. It is connecting to God and to others. And I was a little perplexed because <laughs> it's not just connecting to God, but it's connecting with God and with others. So that's the topic. I thought it was very relevant for where we're at, and so I'm very excited to talk about it. Which is harder, Yay. connecting to God or people? I think they go together. Mm, good answer. Like peas and carrots. Like peas and carrots. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. I'm not a smart man. I will <laughs> say God is more, um, God, God is consistent in his, in who he is. So when you connect to people, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. Well, we are really <laughs> going down the forest <laughs> trail here. Um, so so you, th- you would say then connecting with God is easier. Not necessarily easier. It's just you know his character. We 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 know who he is. Do we, we though? Well, he's good and on our side. I can't always say that about you know peeps. I would say that we treat others in our relationships often how we believe God treats us. And so, if God is judgmental and approves of us based on our performance we kind of engage with other people maybe even parent that way but if god is maybe a little more gracious or gentle or loving i think and we relate to him in that way i think it on that flip side affects how we treat others as well Mm. so i think i like i like ultimately i like what you said where i think it is connected i don't think you can separate them really i don't think you can truly (laughs) connect to someone without knowing who god is like Joni said, I think that's the basis of the whole thing is, you know, uh, salvation, coming to know the Lord, being in an intimate relationship with him, fellowship with him, communicating with him, and all those things that keep us connected to him are the attributes that keep us, help us achieve, um, I don't want to say achieve, I don't know another word, but keep us connected to other people, help us to connect to other people. And I guess achieve is is a so you just rattled off several things. When you first wrote this, she sent us the email, and it was, I've decided what we're going to do. <laughs> and um, when I saw Connecting with God, I just assumed Misty wants to talk about prayer. Ooh. But what you did was is you just rattled off, what were they? You had, uh, salvation. Salvation, Int- worship, worship, devotion, all these different things mm-hmm. that, that we connect with God through right um talk to me about how we connect with god in worship um in worship it's very personal um what may the holy spirit lays on your heart it may not be the same thing that it lays on Joni's heart or daryl's heart that's a personal time um but we're all singing the same song but we're all singing the same song some people don't get into worship music it depends on how you define worship Exactly. Worship could be me by myself going down the road in my car. Absolutely. Singing at the top of my lungs. Which which is true. So now you have personal worship and corporate worship. Right. I think usually when we talk about worship, we're talking about corporate worship. But, yeah. Um, that's what I was relating to. Yeah, that's question. what I, I was yeah. thinking. 
corporate worship as well. So, which is not the worship of corporations. Not, that's, not, <laughs> no. that's not what that corporate. means. Uh, we have some of that here as well. That's not here in our <laughs> world. <laughs> Welcome to the first church of J.C. Penney. Um, <laughs> that's a funny thought, actually. So the, um, the the personal worship may be more like prayer, right? So, um, and is the corporate worship is that really prayer too? And for, so I, I really, I'm, I'm asking an open question here. Is is it possible to see from the beginning of a worship service to the end of the worship service everything that takes place is a kind of group prayer before the Lord? Maybe not the announcements. Are you sure? <laughs> no. No? Because <laughs> if the announcement is, you know, we're having um, one of the things we do here is grief share. We're announcing grief share. Is that not a kind of prayer before the Lord? These are the things that we are doing. Um, you know, and I think it's, again, personal. I know there's some days, um, and this was before I was the children's pastor here and in the back, but I would hit those doors, and I would be so just physically and emotionally and mentally um, drained that the second I hit the doors, every single aspect of our Sunday morning worship service just hit me right in the heart you know right in the feels from from the moment of announcements the music was exactly what I needed to hear your message was exactly what I needed to hear down to just you know wanting to fall out on the floor in a puddle because the announcements were exactly what she needed to hear (laughs) and it's just you know I think it's where we're at in our personal walk and at that specific time in our life as to what um, we consider worship and it's different for all of us, and that's okay. So with worship, you're connecting with the Lord. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, Daryl, you are a music person. That's, that's You do music. I don't think any one of us here has the same chops you do with music. No. Um, do you primarily connect with God in worship through the music? Is that what does it for you? It's definitely a major part of it because I tend to be more reflective. Um, And so I enjoy solitude and quietness, and I enjoy a lot of music that is probably would be considered more, I hate to use the word, we used to call it praise and worship. Praise meant the fast songs, worship meant the slow songs. Um, (laughs) I never connected that, but there we go. I always thought praise meant anything written after 1970 <laughs> and worship was you know fanny crosby well the other way they <laughs> talk about it is horizontal and vertical is the songs that have to do with about being a christian and then the songs that have to do with about my relationship with god so so some of the songs um, connect with other people and some of the songs are designed to connect with god mm-hmm. okay but yeah i'd say music has always been a very um, influential way that i i, I kind of tuned out from some of the madness and helped me to be still Mm -hmm. and listen Mm -hmm. and you know I used to think and like don't get me wrong I love to study scripture bible studies and this kind of stuff this is the stuff this is my heart but I used to think that that's the only way I could connect to the Lord Mm -hmm. is is through prayer and through bible study and through quiet time which I do I do those things but I find myself 
you know, drawn to him closer when I'm, I'm down the hall in the children's ministry classrooms and I'm getting their little lessons and their crafts and things ready for Sunday. You know, I can feel the Holy Spirit with me then, just drawing me closer. And, you know, the other night, my little grandbabies FaceTimed me. You know, Elijah, he's fixing me three years old, and he FaceTimed me, and he had the phone, and he was cruising around the house for 20 minutes, talking and blabbing and blah, 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 blah. And I could just feel that love through that phone. And I think that a lot of times I dismiss that maybe those are, are worship times in my life, the times that I feel um, closer to him are different than just only, you know, reading my Bible and praying and doing those other things like that. So I feel like it's different for everybody, and I'm finding out that that's okay. You know, whatever draws me closer to him, you know, when I I pick up my phone and I call and check on somebody, text somebody that I haven't thought about in a long time, and if the Lord lays them on my heart and I text them, how are you? And I'm able to talk to them and encourage them and you know, things like that I'm finding are what um, what makes my connection with the Lord that much stronger. And I think those are just listening to the urges of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like that that picking up the phone and texting. Like, you know, you're, you're not only, um, we talk a lot about how we often request things, but then we don't stop and listen. But like right. those things are just the, the everyday walking, yes, walking the walk and listening to the Holy Spirit. So And submitting to God's will. You know, that's one of the first things I wrote over here on my list. How do we connect to God? We have to submit to his will, not our will, but his. And that's part of it is listening and being obedient to those things that he, he calls us to do. And I think that's how those two topics, like connecting with God, connecting with people, um, loving God, loving people, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's how they're connected you know when you're listening to those urges then um like you're you know yeah. you're mm-hmm. connected both horizontally well, i've got vertically. a book here i've read a long time ago i was just been thumbing cure? through it no it's um <laughs> it's called authentic relationships and it's another word is called one anothering it's kind of the subtitle and one of the quotes one anothering is not a thing <laughs> right but um one of the quotes before um the chapter says you cannot hope to give to others what you have not received from God himself. One anothering begins on the inside. And um, I think that fits what both of y'all are saying is that you may not have completely said this, but you're talking about reading scripture or, or we were talking about music, but God can speak to us in so many different ways in so many different places if we're willing to, to be open to it mm-hmm. and to listen and I think it has to do so much with that openness of desire to hear from God and to engage with him that then can in turn allow us to be more open to others. True. Um, Very true. True. Can, uh, I love the one anothering. I love that idea. The, but I'm trying to, can you connect with God if you don't hear him? Because there are times in my life when I have not felt connected. I've not felt him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old mystics, you know, the dark night of the soul sort of thing. Uh, some people go decades with this. Are you still connecting to God even if you don't feel it or specifically hear it? And I think for me that's where corporate worship mm-hmm. comes into play so much is that the testimony and the presence of the church visible 
informs my mind and my heart that even though I'm not feeling the, the presence of the Lord the way I used to or the way I want to, that does not mean the presence of the Lord is not here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a proclamation that we make in worship. We don't always say it, but it's assumed mm-hmm. we are gathered in the presence of the Lord. And I think from a young age, we're taught if we chase and run after God, then he's going to talk to us. But um, in Foster's book, the book on prayer. That you, you mean you mean this big book on <laughs> prayer? <laughs> that one that, that you have Richard right there? Richard Foster whoop, whoop. wrote that I, have, I discovered I have two copies of in my library oh that's so exciting i don't know how that i appreciated your notes in that one i made lots of notes (laughs) um i had a hard time deciphering some of them but he (laughs) talks about the prayer of the forsaken and talking about job and how like job didn't hear from god you know Mm -hmm. but i do feel like the you know you can also hear through others or just the corporate worship that's a great that's it well and i think if you're you're looking at it from that perspective if there's a room full of people who have honestly connected and sought God throughout their lifetime and have gone through seasons of liminal space and dark night of the soul and things like that, and I'm going through it, then they can offer me presence Mm -hmm. in a way that no one else could. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the people of God stand in for the presence of God. Not that they are God, but that that, the Lord is present in them. Almost that confirmation that, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I still hear you. There's days, and I'm sure, I'm hoping I'm not in this by myself. But You I are think, the only one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> what am I doing here? You know, am I really making that much of a difference? That's me every here? Sunday like, around what? 8 o'clock. Are you sure, Lord, you know what you're doing? And then I'll get a phone call or a text or just something, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging me. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, Lord. You know, so I think you're exactly right. It's that confirmation that the Lord does, in fact, see you and hears you. Daryl, also, in that text, you were talking about something about authentic. The book title is called Authentic. Authentic Relationship. So I, my perception is one of the biggest barriers we have to connecting with other people and with God is a lack of authenticity about who we are. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down, too. Did you? Tell us what you wrote down. I just wrote, be authentic. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to do, I was hoping though. we could elaborate on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> discuss amongst yourselves. Okay, talk. Be authentic. Well, to reference the Enneagram. <laughs> Minute 37. <laughs> the heart and soul of spiritual Enneagram teaching. And this, I say that specifically because it's, be, it's gotten turned into a fad. Um, oh, I'm an eight, I'm a seven, I'm a three, and then people leave it there. But the true heart of uh, the Desert Fathers who were relaying this stuff, the whole point was to, to get back to our essence, our true self, our imago dei, being created in the image of God. Because the Enneagram is, is these are the nine ways we've put ourselves in a box. We've taken on a persona to survive. We needed it. As children, we learned to survive. But the freedom and the liberation is in learning to take those off and trust the true image of who I am in Christ and live out of that authenticity. And in this, it plays into this, this whole idea of connection happens through authenticity and vulnerability and intimacy. But as human beings, we're just not naturally very good at that. But, but I, I want to drill down. What, when you say authentic, and I, I think that's the word I want to use as well, what do we mean? Because <laughs> authentic doesn't mean to bring the house loads, 
house lights low, you're wearing jeans, shirt untucked, <laughs> and shiplap on the shiplap on the wall behind you, which is what a lot of churches define as. Only if you have a cup of uh, coffee in your hand or, <laughs> or Fiji water. <laughs> so, so, what's the word? You uh, use? Transparency is huge and honest. You know, you don't have to spill your guts and tell everybody every horrible thing that you've ever been through. But I think being authentic and transparent um, to people allows them to see, hey, she has been through the ringer. She has had all these things happen to her. But because of the Lord saving her soul and redeeming her, look where she's at, you know, which leads me to what I was going to say a while ago is we forget. um, And I think Daryl mentioned it. The, just the grace that the Lord lavishes upon us every second of every day. Um, we don't embrace that enough. And that kind of falls back to, am I really forgiven? Am I really a child of God? You know, I think it all, it all umbrellas under the Re- same. Relationships are messy. Yes. And to be authentic, we need to know we're safe. <coughs> and not every group, not every church is a safe place to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Either we share and then people get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and make us feel like uh, we share too much. Right. Or um, uh, I just had another thought and it's <laughs> gone. It's called but, uh Yes. <laughs> or, or I share and someone uses that against me mm-hmm. or gossips about it or whatever. And we don't feel, do we have relationships where I feel safe to right. be vulnerable and authentic? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's about opening up our our fears our shame our struggles um our true um i read somewhere that sometimes sunday mornings is one of the loneliest places in a church service one of the loneliest places because how are you i'm fine mm-hmm. and it's our way of i don't know if i can trust you to tell you how i right. really how i really feel yeah right i struggled um, to get here and my kids are barely bathed and yeah. mm-hmm. you know like and all of those things to answer your mm-hmm. question what what is authentic i i think it's those relationships where you are safe to let your hair down sure (laughs) and um, And some people you have to and again that's leading of the holy spirit you have to know your people um i think and this is not just talking about somebody at the walmart line where me and joni (laughs) seem to meet all kinds of people we're always talking to people at walmart usually knows half of them already And Joni's digging out here like she was trying to look for a, one of her mojo, her coffee cards. And she was going to give it to the sweet little girl behind us that had twins because, you know, she like she needs some coffee. It was but, her first time <laughs> out. <laughs> so we're like, you know, teaming up. But, um, yeah, I think um, certain people, you just have to know how to approach them slowly and lovingly and just gracefully. And that makes all the difference. And I think that's where we get hung up. Um, when we started talking about this this topic, First um, Corinthians sixteen thirteen through um, fourteen came to mind, and it says, "Keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, let all that you do be done in love." And I think we sometimes pull, like we we are quick to do the be be firm, like stand firm. Um, we're quick to say, oh, that's sin. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, this is whatever. But how do you stand firm with what's right and what's wrong, but still love well? Mm-hmm. Like thinking about, um, we could think about the mask situation or just thinking about someone who, um, like an alcoholic or mm-hmm. someone that you know is unfaithful to their spouse or um, mm-hmm. uh, habitual truth spinners. Those are called liars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, <laughs> 
truth spinner. Habitual. No. That's habitual. habitual. That's so, so you can be a, I'm a, an occasional no. truth spinner. I'm not an occasional an, habitual truth spinner. habitual truth spinner. I'm an, I'm an, I'm a social truth spinner. That's right. <laughs> but you know, something where it's become their life. They lived in a, in a delusional world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those kinds of things like, like how do you stand firm, but how do you love well? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, where we struggle a lot. Well, and I think what, where I fail, and, and I'm trying to make this more my mantra, um, is curiosity over judgment. Is that we're so quick to try and put people into categories mm-hmm. or define what's going on as opposed to taking the time to be curious mm-hmm. and ask questions. And listen. And, and listen. listen. And, and uh, you know, like you bring up the mask thing. I bet if most people had the chance to really dive into their own emotions, somewhere on both sides, there's fear mm-hmm. and they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're, they're for whatever reason, for lots of reasons, and it comes out as anger or they're hurt or something like that. But we just get or right. tired or tired. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think there's a lot of fatigue. Yes. Just and when you're tired, you're never right. And so. That I go back to authentic, 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 really, it goes back to authentic Sorry, Johnny. and to transparency, <laughs> how much better we would be if we would just say, I, I'm just tired. tired. We need like, we're the toddler that needs a nap and a happy meal, but, yeah. <laughs> but we're liars. So we don't want to admit truth that spinners. we're tired. Truth spinners. We're true, yes. habitual. <laughs> we don't want anyone to know that we're tired. We want to be in control. Mm-hmm. We want to have all the right answers. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, the First Corinthians text right about be strong and courageous. These things are all through Scripture. I think that we interpret those incorrectly. We think that strength is never admitting that we have the mm-hmm. weakness, but actually strength is saying, "Here's my weakness." Well, right. The John John when Wayne. Weak. Yeah. Book you were reading, strong. John Wayne in the church or whatever. Uh, uh, Jesus and John Jesus Wayne. Jesus and John Wayne. Which is we, not about Jesus or John Wayne. <laughs> but this somewhere in there, this attitude of of you just um, suck it up mm-hmm. and rub some dirt on it. Mm-hmm. And that that's the way you be a good Christian. Yeah. At my house, we sprayed starting fluid on it. That fixed Ooh. everything. Your house now or your house growing up? Growing up. Yeah. Beasting, starting fluid. Starting fluid. <laughs> So, you broke a toe, starting fluid. So, so, so was that your solution for? Because we had we had a myriad of things. No, there was also duct tape and bailing wire. That's <laughs> no, that's to fix something. I mean, for medical emergency. Monkey oh, blood. No, that was the the cough syrup in quotes. Um, <laughs> that was in Dad's toolbox. <laughs> it was nobody was flavored. allowed. Yeah, you cough. should not drink that before you go to school. Just cough, say cough it or drop. Syrup. So we had, we we would ours was I was eight I wasn't driving. <laughs> ours was um, like kerosene, mm-hmm. mayonnaise, butter, and tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. To- any kind, if you got stung by anything, yes. Granny would come spit on you. Tech, yes, yeah. I have a brother-in-law that I got stung by a scorpion. He was pulling on us too and putting it on me. Like I suffered for you. Thank thank you. The, the one that that worked strangely enough, and I remember this because it worked. So like if you get athlete's foot. Don't worry about over-the-counter powder products. No, no, no. You go. This is so East Texas. You stick your foot in a fresh cow pie and let it dry around it, and that will eat it up. And then you just wash your foot, and it's gone. And your foot is gone. Your foot. (laughs) 
thought cow pies were just foot. for throwing at each other. I didn't know there is an actual a fresh one, a medicinal, and actually this worked. And 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 so it, yeah, I don't know how we got off on that, but authentic <laughs> and real is where we transparent. Yes, if we would be that way <laughs> with each other uh, in church, in our neighborhoods, in our schools. I think that we would connect better. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have the, 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 all the barriers that come yes. up. And we learn these in school. Yes. You used to buy your Enneagram. You choose that early. We learn in school, like first day of kindergarten, don't you dare tell anybody how you're really doing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's going to destroy mm-hmm. things. And yeah. it just gets reinforced in middle school. And I'm going to say this again. If we have like that one middle schooler out there who's in seventh grade right now, I deeply apologize <laughs> to you that we as a society have not found a better way to educate and teach you rather than sending you to torture every single day of the week. This is, I'm so sorry. And middle school teachers, like they need a shout out. Yeah. Do yes. they? Yes. You um, know I'm pro-teacher. I'm pro teacher as well, but I middle school. Oh man, that was tough. The burnout is fast though with them. The good ones, they. I I think you're right. All teachers are great. It's it's the system is bad, and I think teachers are just as big a victim as the as the students are. But middle school particularly. Oh my. But let's talk about middle school for a minute because you're in elementary school, twenty kids, one teacher, and sometimes more more than twenty kids, one teacher, and you develop this relationship with a student with the parents they trust you they know that they can look at you and you know exactly what they need most of the time like many of my students like I'm still friends with I go to their baby showers I go to their weddings like now that they're grown I was about to say how I, <laughs> not, children not are having grade, babies but many of my students you know like we're still connected um but I don't know that that would have been the case had I taught middle school because they're they're hurting through 140 students a day. Like you don't make those connections. I think it has to do with the relationships. I don't. I, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but to me, I think it's more. This is the time period when our bodies are going through the biggest metamorphosis. Like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. You know, acne pops up, your body, your voice changes. If you're a boy, you have things happening. If you're a girl, you have things happening. We feel so awkward about our physical bodies. And this is where the system uh, treats us like cattle the most. So this is when you're expected to go shower in front of other people. Uh, it's when um, the, the, the the, I don't think anyone should ever be expected to shower in front of other people. But we do this mm-hmm. to her. I mean, I think that they, they still do it. I don't think it's changed at all. I don't um, know that my son showers, so I can't ask him. <laughs> but, but we do <laughs> this to them uh, in these public and open ways. And it and um, and then we have dress codes mm-hmm. and uh, anticipations and shaming. Um, I think Daryl was talking about um, one of the local school districts. Had, you know, the, the same way when I was a student. Uh, prohibition on beards if you're a boy in high school. This is not middle school, but... And girls, I, too. I, I knew some <laughs> boys in middle school. So right off the bat, your body's growing hair, shave that off. Mm-hmm. So there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And it's just the system is, is, anyway, problematic, and we hurt kids, and it's bad. But Well, you were talking about corporate worship. And <laughs> Daryl's like, let's bring this back. <laughs> no, 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 I, I want to make a point on Thanks, some of Darryl. this. Because 
on authenticity and worship, and I believe your dissertation was on worship. Is am I putting am I making something up when I say that? The <coughs> word, the the proper word. Uh, I thought you were going to talk for a while, and I took my headphones. Well, I on wanted to get the, I wanted to get this answered first, and the, then I'll move on. Um, it's, a, it's my my project. My my doctoral was a doctor of ministry. Not a not a PhD. Okay. So PhDs are more dissertations or your your, your papers. Uh, mine was more of a project. Well, I still uh, would consider it. Well, I want to be clear because uh, I'm not. I don't be a fraud. I don't have a PhD. No, I have a doctor of truth spinner. Truth spinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, your project, but, but it was on worship. Yes. And so I know you're very big on creating liturgies and uh, bringing back some of the. Uh, Formality. Yeah, the comfort in the routine, but at the same time, being creative with that. How does authentic relationships and worship, and how does that all fit together in your mind? How would you like to see worship facilitate environments and things that help create cultures of authenticity? So, there, that's like a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> we got time, but book of Jamie. For for some of me, it is um, the nature of preaching. I don't know if you you, you guys listen to the podcast. There's no uh, no pulpit, no podium when I speak. I, I don't want anything between mm-hmm. me and folks. Um, also, um, we're experiencing this in COVID. A video sermon is not the same. You mm-hmm. need to be physically present in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that happen all around a worship center mm-hmm. that are that we're all sharing in. Um, babies, I love babies in worship. I do too. I love and the I, sound I of like, them. I love that when they cry, it's great. And when deacons snore, that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, all these different things happening at, the at once. Pages of people's Bibles. Yeah, turning, all the stuff. You know that yeah. that's part of it. And then I saw for me, it's also the conversational style. I've talked about sermons uh, ad ad nauseum, but you write a sermon and you study for a sermon, but you don't deliver it as a written document it is a living breathing conversation that you're having in the moment um so that's part of it another part of the liturgy so what liturgy does is it frees us from every week having to come up with something clever to say so you have the, the liturgy uh is like the psalms so um prayer uh is where i thought misty was going to take us down that road so prayer is one of those things everyone says we should do, but I'm convinced most people don't know really what they're doing or what they're about. Mm-hmm. So is it Annie Dillard? I think it's Annie Dillard has this famous quotation that if we had any idea the power and the presence that we were invoking in prayer, we put a helmet on before we did it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that kind of, it's just a kind of a dangerous in mm-hmm. thing that we're in, but we just don't realize that. But one of the things we, we pray silly, we don't authentically come before the Lord prayers. So the Psalms, this wonderful book of 150 collections of the prayers of ancient Israel, there's a psalm for everything. And it's a great practice to take those psalms and make those our prayer. And so the liturgy then becomes the kind of thing that we can load into these words that someone else has thought through and worked on to give expression to who I authentically am. So whereas I may say, Lord, the world's against me. Help me. David says, um, 
false witnesses have risen against me. They are breathing out violence, right? So I can, mm-hmm. I can, which could refer to the local issues that mm-hmm. we're that we're dealing with, right? So the Psalms gives, yet that Psalm begins with, "The Lord is my light and my salvation; mm-hmm. whom shall I fear? Uh, the Lord is the stronghold of my life; whom shall I be afraid?" We would say, "Lord, protect me." But see, this the language mm-hmm. then frees us to be more authentically who we are there's one more thing just and i, I did, you asked me no i wanted you I'm, to i'm giving you the dissertation you're, now. Usually, you're usually asking us the questions um, and i'm like I, I think there's one more thing that would revolutionize the sense of connection amongst people in worship and that is the way in which the seating is arranged in most worship mm-hmm. facilities we have arranged it bob weber was talking about this years ago he's may he rest in peace that uh a lot of folks, especially of an older generation, will refer to where we go to worship as the auditorium, auditorium. which is where we go to hear. You mm-hmm. audit the right. auditorium. You go to hear something. Um, some will call it um, uh, the the worship center, which is a good room. Sanctuary is a really good word. Um, but the r- arrangement of it is much like a theater mm-hmm. in which people are in rows out front with all the action forward. This is crazy, and I, we would never do it here because I like my job. Stead, <laughs> steady work is good. But if you could – we did it once on a Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If you could put the action in the middle of everything where all the people are around looking at each other and what's happening in the middle. I loved that. That uh, is – that, that. if we could do it on a regular basis, that would help us connect It'd be unvery- it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. People don't like it because they can't be anonymous and mm-hmm. hide. No matter where you sit, somebody's watching right. you. Which I think is why the mega church has taken off so much is because people want to go and be anonymous and so, not really connect. And just think about that. Where in the New Testament is there any justification for being anonymous either mm-hmm. before Christ well, or before other people? It's just it's, it's the exact opposite. Right. Yeah. And if you really look at the early, early, early church, they would have never thought of themselves as an institution. They would have thought of themselves as a family. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the language that's, that's there. And I think even now when we look back and read a lot of the things in the New Testament where it says church or whatever, I think our brains are so conditioned that we see a building with a steeple more than we see what they would have seen when right. he uses the word mm-hmm. uh, Well, now church. with COVID, you know, COVID comes in and, and changes all that up because now it's more emphasized than ever that the building is not the church, that we are the church. You and know? that freaked people out. Yes, and people uh, still have a hard time. And I, I'm st- I still bristle when people say, well, the church shut down. Yeah. Oh, mm, oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that is the, that is such a dishonest truth, a habitual <laughs> truth spinning. Spinning of the truth. Uh, the truth is spinning in its grave. The, um, because we didn't, we, in fact, we worked so hard yes. to maintain the connections. Yes. Well, and I just read something here. You talk about that, maintain the connections. It says a lot of the language in the New Testament, when Paul is talking about the church, he uses the word be devoted to one another. Mm-hmm. And then he says things like, don't commit adultery. We like to use the word committed. I'm committed to one another, but there's a difference between being devoted to one another and being committed. I want to be committed. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of people think, well, I'm committed to my church. 
I go every Sunday. And when that was taken away from them, Mm -hmm. as opposed to I'm devoted to my church, how can I connect? Mm -hmm. How can I serve one another? How can I be there for Mm -hmm. each other? And the definition of I'm, I'm committed to my church is I'm committed to a physical place, a program, a program, and you're depending on someone else to bring you that worship, to spoon feed you, yeah, you do your job and I'll show up. And it's, I'll get what I need from you. It's v- no yeah. different than um, going to the movie and sitting in the chair and watching the production in front of you. Yes. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm so against any kind of church model that has, we're going to watch the right. video screen of what's mm-hmm. happening in the city next door. Yeah. Um, that's just a bad idea. That You might as mm-hmm. well stay home and watch, you know, Jimmy Swaggart on TV. <laughs> like, he's dead. <laughs> he's not dead. He's still preaching, isn't he? I thought he died last year, <laughs> so I'm going to look ahead. that up. I think he spiritually died sometime 1987. Google. That's funny. I don't think Google. he's dead. Google. So, and you know, earlier talking about the way I used to think the only way I could worship, and now that I think about it, COVID has changed a lot of our worship. Um, hold on, hold on. No, he's still alive. He is 85. <laughs> 85. That's a Jimmy Swaggart. <laughs> I didn't have Jamie, Jamie Swagger on my right bingo card today. You're, we're right twice today. Look at you go. Jamie's always <laughs> right. If the world would just listen to me, things would be so much better. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good so stuff. what? I, I, I cut in on you. You were talking about something. I said, I think COVID has probably changed. I know it's changed it for me in forms of ways that I worship. And, and it has to have changed that, obviously, for other people as well. Mm-hmm. Watching services on, you know, TV, Zooming, you know, we still Zoom with one of our small groups during the week, and that's worship. I think as much as we... Which, by the way, if you want to join us in that, we have a link on our website that you could get in on that, because um, if you, wherever you're at, Joe... Uh, you might, Jim and Margie, you, you might need, if you just like the podcast, you say, well, I'd like some interaction where I have some things to say. It's a zoom. You don't have to leave home mm-hmm. uh, because we recognize these are the ways we work to connect. Even yes. if you can't physically right. be present. Yes. I, I'm sorry. I didn't. didn't That's okay. Com- this commercial brought to you by <laughs> JC Penny. Is that store still? Yes. Yes. It is. yes. There's one in what? Round Rock? Georgia. There's a lot of them. Okay. Showing your age. We need to go. There's one in Kerrville. Ooh. Did oh, you have a JC Penny card in the day? No, I did not. How about a Montgomery Ward? Oh, a Monkey Ward? Oh, Montgomery, Montgomery Ward. I have an old console stereo record player that was given to me that I'm working on to try and get it up and running. And I was looking on the back for some serial numbers and stuff like that and it's it's a montgomery ward oh console stereo. i used to flip through there and circle all this toys and stuff i wanted for christmas oh, did they, i ever get them no. no but i wanted them all we went to the montgomery wards like to the actual one and that's the first time i rode an escalator that was Whoa. so exciting like i remember See, you remember not that. seeing an escalator yeah. for such a long time well and this, the point i was, I was gonna make 10. a minute ago i mean look at how <laughs> much has changed or, <laughs> Look, we we don't go started. to Montgomery Wards anymore. Um, we don't go to J.C. Penney anymore unless you just happen to live near one. We buy it online. We we use the app. We do something different. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I feel like bad. I'm being judged right now. No, 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 no. I'm making the point that you were talking about COVID and, and how it's changed right. some things. Exactly. What COVID has done is it's put a mirror in front of us, and it's been uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it's exposed some things in us about our motives, mm-hmm. how we worship, 
how we deal with church, what uh, we think church is. Exactly. And for some, I think they've, it's stretched them and they've, they've adapted and grown yes. and changed. And I think others have dug their heels in and said, no, I want things to be the way I want it to be. And not the way it was now, but like the way it was, you know, like 1975. Whatever in their mind. Right. 1975 yeah. was a good year. 1994. I was, <laughs> I was negative. I remember, I remember like those rings you would get with the sucker on them. Uh-huh. They Ring still pops. have those. They still have those Do at they? the Dollar yeah. Tree. That was like. Yes. The bomb. I'd have one on every hand. Wow. Wow. You were, you were um, I weighed a lot. We need some um, of those. We need to get us some of those. The, the uh, Marvel, the glove. I, I, I was, I was Infinity Stones. Thanos. Yeah. Before, before Infinity Stones <laughs> were a thing. So uh, I think that you're right. What's happened, uh, the word I used in my notes in preparation for this was de- the dehumanizing aspects of our world mm-hmm. that, that seemed to uh, disconnect us. Yes. Um, the all, all, whether it's we don't go to the store anymore. I mean, you, you this started with in Walmart. Mm-hmm. We see people and talk to people. That's mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. You don't see and talk to people at the when you go take your cart to exactly. the Amazon end or when yeah. you're shopping at JCPenney online. Yep, uh, you don't get that same right. human mm-hmm. touch. And and so then we think about you don't. You don't exercise in the gym with other people or uh, on the road Mm -hmm. where you might see your neighbors. That's the best part to me about my exercise regimen is I get to meet all my neighbors Mm -hmm. and I talk to them all the time. Sometimes um, impromptu prayer meetings happen Mm -hmm. in in the middle of exercise. But we don't do that. So we each buy our own treadmill at home Mm -hmm. or you watch TV while you do it. And it's just the dehumanizing aspects. I think uh, cell phones have done that. Mm -hmm. Um, The inability that most of us have to even sit through a conversation with someone. And we started seeing that before, you know, before COVID. My cousin calls it COVID. (laughs) Before COVID (laughs) hit. You know, um, it was already getting to that point mm-hmm. to where you couldn't sit down and have a conversation or a dinner with somebody without them staring at their phone and those types of separation issues. But then once COVID did come into play and I, you can, I can see both side, you know, I'm a person, I always try to look on the bright side of things. And so I can see the good things that came out of COVID, you know, and, and I grasp onto those things because you have to, it did move us out of our comfort zones as far as. Um, you know, being on staff here at Fellowship and the things we had to do to keep everybody connected during that time. It was tough, but you know what? I mean, still tough. It's still hard, Just, but I wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change one minute of it. No, well, I would here's, not. Here's a good quote kind of plays into this. It says, um, we've been schooled as consumers, finding fellowship where we get our needs met, where we get fed, have the worship experience we prefer, unload our guilt, have our children discipled, and maybe even gather business contacts. Contacts. Consumers will never discover the joy of Christian community. As long as we orbit around our own needs, we will miss the freedom of preferring others. And see, mm-hmm. you use the term needs. How much of church life in the last 30 years has been about felt needs? Mm-hmm. And marketing to it's marketing been a to marketing felt strategy needs. of yep. what do the people want and let's give it to them. Right. Which is no different than Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those, those are the issues that, um, again, I go back to you mentioned authentic worship. If you were to say we're going to put all the worship, <laughs> out, you good? COVID. Good, it's not COVID. <laughs> Corona? Is that you? <laughs> Corona. Uh, I just coughed up a lung. I'm all right. Yeah, right. he's good. 
He's lying. <laughs> truth spinner. I'm actually doing much better than he I was sounds better. the last few days. You sound I'm just hoarse. I just For the don't record, have my voice back. Not COVID I, Negative. Tested negative. Yes. Just allergies and turned into a cold. Well, and we live here in Central Texas, so it's not unusual. I mean, allergies are just a part of life here. So uh, for the last year and a half, most everyone's like, I got COVID. I got COVID. No, you have pollen. You and then the people pollen. who are like, oh, it's nothing, have a fever and lose, COVID lose their coursing through their bloods and, and, and they show up. <laughs> Light up for two weeks. So the um, <laughs> where was I going? I was saying. Authent- you said authentic worship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's pretend for a th- Thank you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you derailed yourself. You usually derail us. This is awesome. <laughs> it's, just, it's I'm getting old. I was listening. Um, <laughs> my mind's already on vacation. See, we listen when you talk. <laughs> So if you were to say in a worship service, we're going to put all the action in the middle and have us look at each other because we believe it's a good disciple-making, connecting idea, I bet our church attendance would cut in half Mm -hmm. because people just would not, they would say, you're not giving me what I want. want. We may be giving them what they need, Mm -hmm. but not what they want. And so that's the problem. I'm going to go to this other Mm -hmm. place where I can sit on the back pew and be anonymous in a a semi-dark room and not be expected to actually do anything. Well, and I like how it said orbit. They orbit around, and that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Finding, trying to find the perfect place that fits all of their needs. And I'm that, not saying you can't worship there, but I'm saying you need people. Well, I, I, I will say a lot of what passes as worship ain't. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And there's say. no perfect church. You're not going to find the church that fits everything that you feel like you need. It's that's What? You know, <laughs> sorry, Darnell. So you you you, you mentioned so the um, um in ministry you have people who come into your church and they are there for a while and then they leave and they'll tell you why they left. Often I will say to them and they don't realize I'm insulting them. I will say, well, I hope you can find a place where you're comfortable. Hmm. You don't and, want to be comfortable. And they'll say, thank you yep. for that. I, that, that. That's what we're looking for. No. And I know that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that all those in our church who are listening, if you're looking for a church that will always make you comfortable, this is not the you're, one for you. Yeah, you're in the wrong place. Because I find nothing in the scriptures that always makes me comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, there are comforting words in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But actually, the scriptures are one long story of the challenging road that we move between human beings and others, mm-hmm. which gets us back to connection. I can't remember who said it. I'm sure Daryl will. It, this one is not Tupac. I, re, I know for sure. <laughs> uh, that, that, that you can't be right Tone loke. with God if you're wrong with man. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's not Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. And, and, it, and it's this idea that Sometimes we think I'm only going to connect with God. Forget everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that those go together. You mm-hmm. can, if you are not connecting with people, you are not connecting with, with God, God either. That's right. Which was the great fallacy of the Desert Fathers. They thought um, it's one of those interesting ideas that these Desert Fathers in the <laughs> second, third century gave their heart to Jesus. I need to follow the Lord. And they immediately interpreted that. How am I going to follow the Lord best? I'm going to leave everybody and go in the wilderness forever yes. and never leave. Yeah, uh, That's a weird way of interpreting what it mm-hmm. means to follow Jesus. And Jesus didn't do that. You know, you do autumn, you know, think of that person that, 
always reads his Bible. He's always studying scripture and he never gets out and about, you know, he's so holy and religious, but is that what Jesus did? That's no. not being in the world. He like was, we're yes. called to be, like there's a, we're called to be in the world. Exactly. So Gotta move our feet. That actually is more Greek, um, uh, philosopher mm-hmm. motif that's taught the world and the flesh is all bad mm-hmm. and the spirit is all good. Yes. So I go to the desert to deny myself, to deny my flesh, to deny right. my humanity. Yeah. Whereas Jesus is fully embracing his humanity by becoming a human with us. Um, and, and the apostle Paul's mm-hmm. key strategy was to go to cities Ooh, where everybody right. was. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the people this is, is where the action is. <laughs> Even um, if it wasn't popular, <laughs> which it wasn't <sighs> like he made everybody mad. Well, the word, I mean, Jesus. I, became, I respect that. Yeah. I respect that when Paul showed up somewhere within five or ten minutes, everyone boom, and he, were, was, he, he was like, "And you can go somewhere where you're comfortable." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So what, stuff. you're Good reading stuff, stuff Daryl. Daryl's been just, quiet. Uh, I've got, the, I've got. Daryl's these, catching up on his leisure reading over there. Pages marked, and I'm just reading on my asterisk stuff. And there's another good quote here. It just says, "You will be authentic with others to the degree that you are honest with yourself." Mm-hmm. And you will be honest with yourself to the degree that you will open your whole life to Jesus. Yep. Well, and the crucial link is the Holy Spirit. And in, in that ho- the Holy Spirit is what connects us with God and it connects us with other people. You know, I'm I at, believe that. I made a comment earlier I said about being a safe place is that people are, in order to be authentic, need a safe place. But it's it's there's another side to that coin and is it still requires courage. Mm-hmm. It still requires risk. You still at some point have to choose to maybe be uncomfortable and do and, and go somewhere that, that doesn't just fit all your needs mm-hmm. and take a step out in order to risk to find that connection with other people or mm-hmm. another person or whatever. Yep. And you have to be trustworthy. You know, you talk about uh, being a safe place and being able to confide in other people and knowing that if, if someone tells you something and if they have to know it too, that it stays there. Yeah, so you have to be that, you know, and in essence, you're praying that those people will in turn, you know, be the same for somebody else. People let us down, though. Sure. I think that's why you down. have people that are like, I'll just sit at home and watch my TV, preacher, because, like, that's not going to let me down. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the people of God never fail to disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why then you have things in Scripture about forgiveness and about mm-hmm. if someone's hurt you, you go to them. It's, it's not about so you can correct them. It's so that the, re- the relationship has a tool to get repaired. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal uh, of, of discipleship is relationship with the Lord and with other people. Mm-hmm. In fact, t- again... When I thought this was going to be about prayer. <laughs> Can we do the next one about prayer? <laughs> well, I'm shoving it in this one. Um, for me, one of the biggest misconceptions is that we talk about prayer as if this is when I go to God and tell God all the things he doesn't know about me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know about what I need or what I'm going through. I'm, gonna, I'm informing God about my wish list about my hurts and pains, about the person who made fun of me or whatever. Um, and we're going to inform him that way. And it, there's a certain part of that. We should make our requests known before the Lord. Mm-hmm. But the goal, I think that's Hebrews, um, yeah, come boldly before the throne mm-hmm. of grace. Um, 
But the goal of prayer is not to have God perform for us. The goal of prayer is to orient ourselves to Him. And this is the key to understanding those words, you know, if you ask anything in faith, it'll be given to mm-hmm. you. Well, that doesn't have to do... I, I'm believing for that Mercedes Benz. Yeah, Benz's. that new I mean, car. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's not what that means. Or I'm believing for a parking space. That's not what that means. It, it, it means that as we pray in faith to the Lord, that relationship grows. And so our, our, our personality changes, mm-hmm. our uh, will changes and yeah. molds to his. his and that's how things happen mm-hmm. is when we change, mm-hmm. the goal is to align myself with God, not to align yeah, God with me. Right. And how many times do we want to do that? We want God to come down to our level. We don't want to look up and, and reach up to him. We want him to come down to where we are. Right. You know, and that's, that's well, wrong. And I think where we've missed a lot of it is that we've made, okay, how do I do that? Mm-hmm about this list of, all right, you do this, this, and this, where we've added more, I've used this illustration before, we've made it about architecture instead of archeology, span where I think some of the healthiest things we could do would be to sit in silence Mm -hmm. and stillness and solitude and train ourselves to try and listen Mm -hmm. for his voice as opposed to coming to him with our lists right. or I'm going to spend 30 minutes reading. Not that reading the Psalms will be bad, but I, it becomes I've got to do all these right. things. And I think there are times we can go through all of those motions and not, not even, even, you know, yeah. God's just like, let it me know when you're done. You know, I'll be over here yeah. and, mm-hmm. and totally miss the point. Mm-hmm. And, and we need more people to learn how, myself included, to be still. Well, I'm not very good at that. It, soul training. How do yeah. we connect to God? But the sometimes soul training. It does take <laughs> us being quiet and saying, Lord, how do you want to connect with me? You know, how mm-hmm. does he want to connect with us? So, yeah, I love that. Um, I said soul training. Like I know, but I heard soul, soul train. Soul. I did too. I, d- I do feel solid like gold. gold. <laughs> That's different. Different I show. Gold. I do. Daryl like wasn't we... allowed to watch Solid Gold. Most certainly did. <laughs> solid Gold dancers. Um, I do feel like we miss the mark sometimes when we teach our children because sometimes it sounds like um, we put God there with Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. Mm. You know, with Santa Claus, it's okay. Here's a list of things you want. Then here's a list of things you need to be good. You need to do be good or whatever. And Santa's always watching. And so be this careful, is what little hands what you, where where you yeah. go or whatever. Yes. And so I think we <laughs> you butchered that. <laughs> Don't listen to him, children. And so I, be careful, little hair where you grow. <laughs> Shave it off. <laughs> okay. What were you saying, Joni? And I, I I think we I think we miss I think we miss the mark by not being in awe of God. Okay, let, let me push it a little further. Just hold it. So the goal, the goal of prayer is to align ourselves with the Lord and to listen. I agree with you. We don't sit in silence enough and and or read a passage and reflect on it rather than just, you know, consume it. Um, we do this with the Lord, and as we do, we connect with Him. Mm-hmm. We hear Him. We listen. But we treat people, other people the exact same way we do God. We come to someone as a project. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need from you, right? Every, every tra- It's transactional. I'm going to do this for you. You do this for me. That's business. And That's assume, just a business transaction. Transactional, not transformation. But we, yeah. do all, we do this with all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
one of the biggest problems in marriages that I see is when husbands and wives begin to treat each other Mm -hmm. transactional. I do this for her. She does this for me. That's no relationship. (laughs) That's no way to do it. So we need the same skill set to connect with people that we need to connect with God to sit in silence and listen. Just you you talk to me and I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and get ahead of you. I don't have an agenda for you. I want to know you. Mm -hmm. I want to align my life with yours, Mm -hmm. not you with me. I'm not trying to get you on the Jamie train Mm -hmm. to keep the train thing going. (laughs) So it's the same with God. I'm not trying to get God on my train. I'm not trying to align God's will to my will to bend him. If God only knew what I wanted. We have our plans. We make our plans, and then we want him to bless what Misty wants to do. What God wants to do, but what I want to do. Welcome to America. And we we do it with people as well. I have my plans. And people are only cogs in this wheel to mm-hmm. get my Your my dreams, goal. my yeah. goals going. And that's not right. what relationship that's right. is. That's not connecting with anyone. Mm-hmm. Connecting with people is when I desire to know you, and then I'm going to align myself with you, right? Because I'm for you, mm-hmm. and that that's not what you key. can do for me, but yeah, and in we return, miss that. we do. We miss that. We do. I think that goes back to the whole curious, curious over judgment. Curious, being curious over being judgmental. Um, in order to do that, you've got. I'm to... judging your lack of words. <laughs> He's struggling. You're going to judge a lot. He's struggling. Um, <laughs> I because you. in order to align yourself with another person, you. you're going to be curious. You're going to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to be um, processing what am I going to say next or how am I going to win them to my view or tell them about my projects. You're going to, like you said, you're going to consume and seek information. So. I think that's a valuable asset. Well, and when we put their, um, when we value others above ourselves, that's exactly, you know, where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed well, to be. Well, and I'll go back to my original statement. I think the way we engage with God flows into how we engage with others. Absolutely. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge Misty's verbiage a little bit, just because. Okay. It's not that we value others above ourselves. We value the other true um this is not about i don't matter as a person that's right. that, it, it, and if that's what i've communicated i didn't mean that it's that i as a person value you right but not uh, who you are yes i understand that and but it's, so i'm going to but it's putting someone else's needs above my own needs is better yes, than value that's what i meant thank you oh i think the rebuttal from Daryl. Oh, I no, think, Jamie opened I thought, it. I thought some sort of sounder <laughs> went off in my ear. I was like, <laughs> the fire alarm went off. <laughs> I think, and I had two thoughts, and now i got to see if I can catch them again. You said something, Jamie, that made me think of this. Is, um, uh, What did you say? Um, valuing other the, the other. I, uh, we value them, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I'm getting there. As we understand how much God values us and values relationship with us. Exactly. And then you said putting other people's needs over mine. I would say valuing other people's needs and trying to meet them. But if we're constantly pouring ourselves out for other people at the sacrifice of our own, I, you can't, it's the old saying you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. I, I think there has to be um, some boundaries that we well, have to set and ask ourselves Am I trying to meet these needs 
because trying to meet someone's needs can then turn into a form of manipulation well, or a form of right. whatever. Um, as I, I appreciate your clarification. I, I'll go one. It's not just, just that you can't pour from an empty cup. In the work of ministry, and we, the four of us in this room have ministry at the vocational level, but everybody who is a Christ follower has ministry of some kind or another. We're all called to serve. Um, ministry must happen out of the overflow. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not what's yes. in the cup. It's what's pouring well, out of the cup we, from the top. And that's why we have to stay connected to God and maintain that connection always to, so that that overflow is abundant for others. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the importance of it going together. And I was just going to read Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from selfish, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And I think that's the, that's the verse that I was, because um, I had written it in my notes. Do you read it one more time? Uh, Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And then right behind that, you have textually this great passage that we all know so well, right? Have this mind among you, which was also in right. Christ Jesus. Yeah. And, and I've always thought that the worst translation ever is here. I mean, mm-hmm. this is where my um, um, snobbery mm-hmm. comes into play. I mean, they all model it after the King James, right? Have this mm-hmm. mind amongst yourself. That's terrible rendering. Mm-hmm. What this phrase, it's a verb. It, it, it's, like, it's a command. It literally say Paul literally saying, think like Jesus. Mm. Yeah. That, that's the, the, that word should say, verse 5 should say, think like Jesus among yourselves, which would go back to not a rivalry right. or conceit. Right. But instead it have humility. Yeah. We should get bracelets that made made that said W W J D. What would what would Jesus do? Mm. <laughs> How would That's, Jesus think? What would Jesus <laughs> think? W W J T. But that would be like you catch someone doing something wrong. What would Jesus <laughs> think? Yeah. For those shirts. <laughs> That's a Y'all whole other Jesus. That's a whole other hands where you go. But I know what you're saying. I was I, kidding. And that's exactly what She's making fun of me because I, I Sunday in small group. I really tore into, or two Sundays ago in small group. No, it was this Sunday. I tore. When was it? Were you in there? I wasn't even in there. I Were just, you there, Jamie? I just know that's a constant. <laughs> another one of your dreams. <laughs> He's confused. It's a dream within. I use the WWJD as an example of the uh, moral argument theory for the atonement because mm. that question, mm. you know, yes. our salvation depends yes. upon doing what Jesus would do. Right. So that was speak. when you covered it in home also. In yep. home, yes. There I taught go. that lesson three there. times last week. Well, I got it just to That's wrap it up, I'm just going to say this one last thing to wrap it up. Keeping our, our connection with Christ um, solid, as solid as, solid as a you know, we know. <laughs> and we're climbing. Wow. wow, Joni, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeking to understand. I'm listening. As, as long as we know our identity in Christ and we're, we know what we know, um, this we don't value others above ourselves. We love others, and we I understand what this is, is saying, and I appreciate you um, coming back and saying that I do matter. Bottom line, Misty, you do matter, you do so matter. don't think. Yeah. <laughs> but you, we do, and, and when you know who you are in the Lord, you are able to do these things for other people and put their needs above your own. So. Exactly. 
Well, thank you guys. Are there any any last comments or anything anybody would like to say? Uh, Daryl, not that I can think of. No, there's probably a few others, but that was good. I brought in all these books. We on prayer. (laughs) Oh, this this is a small (laughs) sampling of my prayer library. I'm sorry that we did not head that direction. There's a so newer books on prayer. This is this is a truism, like in the last. 30 years. There's been a big number of books on prayer. Prayer, prayer Jabez. Tell you, well, yeah, they tell you what to pray and how to pray. Mm-hmm. Strategies for prayer, you know, when to pray, how to make yourself pray. Um, you go to the older books on prayer, like written 100 years ago, 200. It's just, you know, a lot of pages, pray more. Mm-hmm. You just pray more. Mm-hmm. Less on strategy and more on encouragement to pray. Right. Can you ever pray enough? Well, no. no. I think, no. too, we've made prayer solely intele- an, a solely intellectual thing. I'm using my mind. Um, I'm thinking about how I'm praying, the script I'm following. But as opposed to, as I was saying, engaging your heart, soul, mind, body, mm-hmm. um, of praying outside in in nature, going on a prayer walk, mm-hmm. or or letting your emotions be a, be a part of it, uh, and in many ways we've cut off so much of our wholeness mm-hmm. um, when we could bring so much mm-hmm. more to engage with God than just words or thoughts. I or think we get busy. I th- for mm-hmm. me, I get so busy that I think, oh, you know, and that's that's on me. That's I think me. it's also a, a fear of being. Um, emotional like I grew up I cried at the drop of a hat no matter what and I was told that's bad Mm -hmm. like that's bad you cry that's bad and it's showing that vulnerability and we're afraid we're afraid to show that and that's what God asks us to do like Mm -hmm. he asks us to come to him boldly Mm -hmm. you know and that pray continually like first Thessalonians Um, and to be authentic and transparent that's not just for other people that's also what the lord expects from us is to be that authenticity and that transparency absolutely this has been fun yay thank you what's the the running time on that hour 10 sorry kelly good luck greg it'll be be (laughs) four drives home uh you guys are great. We'll be back later with another one. Uh, with the, these are eight uh, podcasts in each season. Um, so this is, we have five more to do. We have no idea what the next one's going to be, though. Uh, it may be a while, because hopefully... Well, um, so the, I'm not going to say the V word. <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll be back with more stuff. Uh, having a good time. You can listen to any of the other ones. Colossians or Moses are still there. That's the beauty of a podcast. It's forever. You can share them with other people. That'd be great. Say, hey, you may not have heard these four people. They kind of sometimes hit something right. <laughs> Sit under this water tower. Uh, listen to this. Share it with us. That'd be great. We'd appreciate that. Uh, thanks for listening. Anything else? Nope. See right. you next time. Be All safe. Right. Love each other. Love God. Love people. Drive Jeeps. You matter. Jesus loves you.